John, thank you, Sandra and, and team, for, for having us back. Um, thank you, Don't Stop. We love it. It's great to also uh, catch up with my family who don't know the Lord. I have three sisters currently living in Christchurch. A fourth has now bought a house. She lives in England, but she's bought a house, an apartment here, and plans to come back here for about four or five months of the year. She so loves New Zealand, even though, you know, she is 70. She's much older than me. And um, I was years, you know, whatever. Just give up, Steve. Um, So I'm very delighted to have my beautiful wife with me today, who is a treat of my heart. Thank you, darling, for coming. It's all right. It's all right. Yes. All right. So we've done it for 38 years with God's grace and um, just a a real thrill and a joy. So I'm going to hand over to to my better half. Okay. Oh, it's really nice being here today and thank you for welcoming us. I must say, I I think I was here uh, four years ago and your auditorium looks amazing. Yes. I thought, I'm sure it doesn't, didn't look like this before. Anyway, it's okay. It's changed, yeah, so we're all changing. Um, okay, I hope I don't cry. Um, I just, uh, earlier in the week, John, chapter 2, verse 5, uh, it's at the um, first miracle in his mother, and Jesus' mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. You know that the servants, so his mother, so Jesus said, fill the water pots with water, and they were quite smart, those servants. They actually quickly obeyed and they filled up these pots with water. They were very obedient. They just wanted this wedding to look good because it was going a bit sour, wasn't it? Yeah, so whatever he says to you, do it. Um, so how would that look like? Well, maybe it's a creative idea that God's kind of given you and you've just said, oh, no, nah, that, that won't happen. Or maybe it's a person that's come to mind and then they, that person, they th- you thought about them the, the next time and the next time. Well, that's God talking. He wants you to connect with them. Maybe it's a person you need to connect. Um, maybe it's a, a verse that God's given you of late. Even maybe it's a new direction that he wants you to take. And he's just, you know, speaking quietly to you. You know, he doesn't shout. Holy Spirit doesn't shout, but sometimes he might speak in an audible voice. I haven't heard an audible voice, but you may have. I don't know. Um, but he doesn't shout. He just talks quietly. And you have to pick up what he's saying. So he's, whatever he's saying to you, you know, we have to take the next step, don't we? Yep. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So I'm just, um, you know, just amazing. What, what's, what's going to await us, you know, if we take the next step? Yeah, are we ready, like the song said, he's ready. Well, are we ready to take the next step that he's you know, been talking to us very quietly about a person or an idea or even a, a song that's on your heart to, to feed into and to worship and to wait on God? So what awaits us, you know, um, if we just follow the promptings of his heart? Yeah, bless you guys, that's fine. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, darling. Okay, I'm just going to do a wee plug briefly for the conference while I'm getting some of my notes out. So the full price for New Zealand and beyond is $120 this year, which is still very cheap for all that it offers. Um, The early bird special is presently $75. Now, if you do go in the cafe after the service and decide to get a ticket, I'm going to just take this on my own head and offer this to you for $65. 
okay? So all I'll need from you is either cash or a credit card number. So if you see my, or my, my dear wife, Debbie, um, in the cafe, uh, we would uh, love to do that. And also, if you do feel inclined that you would like to help with some volunteering, uh, we, would, we really need help if you can help us in either ushering, uh, maybe I think greeting, um, and perhaps just some other areas or where you could help most. Uh, we would love to know that as well. That would be a big help if you felt you could do that. So it's only for the third, uh, gee, what is Christchurch? Is it Monday night? Monday night, all day Tuesday, and then finishes around lunchtime on the Wednesday. I think that's how it goes for here. So it's not too long. So look, do join us if you could, please. All right. Well, um, let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this church, for everyone in this church for what you're doing, for your great plan for every life, for every church, and for our land. We pray you'd speak to our hearts to take us into the next season in God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I just as I was preparing, I just felt uh, God give me just uh, some thoughts for people. Um, I'm not going to ask you to identify yourself, because this is a bit, it's quite challenging. I felt there's someone here and uh, someone owes you a debt and it may actually be financial. And the word I, I just submit to you is this. God says forgive that debt. Now, it may not be financial. It may be someone's really, really hurt you. God says forgive. So I just put that out to you there. Um, it came to me, uh, the verse from... Um, Matthew 18, it says, you must forgive all that they owe and have compassion. So I just, I think that's a really important one. And I, I do give that out to you to pray about and uh, do what you feel before God is the right thing. Robert and Denise, uh, the word I got for you was gold. Yeah, um, I think, I think this is right, that God has blessed you with the measure financially. Um, there is more. There is more. And God says to keep focusing on the gold, the treasure, that's eternal. But he, I think he's going to give you more gold natural as well. But he says keep focusing on what he's given you, the real gold, because you've got great gold in your lives. You really, really have great treasures. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I think he has a lot more ahead for you. Now, I talked to... Um, Brad and Alvina earlier, who are hiding up there behind the sound desk. No, you can't escape this. We had a good conversation about a few things. Um, look, it's a real simple word, guys. Two are better than one. And God's going to take you, and he's going to kind of somehow incrementally multiply what you had as individuals, and, and your impact to go into this congregation is going to go to a whole new level as you keep just flowing together two are better than one and God is in the midst so you know and just the last word I want to just share today is for Pastor John and Sandra faithful at times when you've when you've had little strength you've remained faithful you've remained true I believe God would say there's coming a cry in your spirit that's born of God and there will come a strength in that cry that will break through into what it is that God has, has for you. There will come victory and uh, there will come joy as well. There are good days ahead for you. God 
appreciates your faithfulness and he's going to reward you for that. And also, I, I felt him say, don't fear, God has everything in hand, the best is yet to come. Okay, this morning we're speaking on the topic, the power of grace, leaning into rest. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. They had just, as you know, left Egypt. They were in process of coming out. The Red Sea was in front of them, and they suddenly realized they couldn't get across into Canaan. And the Lord said to Moses, tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod, Moses, and don't cry out to me. And I'm obviously leaving out lots of the verses for, for time's sake, but I, it's a well-known story. And lift up your rod, stretch it out over the sea, and divide the sea. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The waters were divided. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. This story reminds me of when I was not quite yet a Christian. I come from an atheist background. And uh, on a Monday night, we were living at Tancred Street, corner of Tancred and Hereford, if you're ever going past. Don't throw rocks at it. And um, I'd come back uh, from overseas, and I was living there, and I'd gone to see, and I was searching for God in my own way, and I'd gone to see a movie called The Ten Commandments. I don't know if you remember the old movie, but there it was, Charlton Heston, and I remember the bright, shiny face and thought that was pretty cool. But the part that really got me the most in this movie was when Israel came out of Egypt and the Red Sea was in front of them, and uh, they, they were really worried because it would mean their death, and they cried out to God in the movie, and Moses puts out his rod, and you can kind of see the separations a bit on the screen, but the Red Sea parts. And I thought, oh, wow, that is so cool, a God of power. That's the God that I need. Because I had tried for a, a, about maybe six months. I was now at Teachers College. I was really trying to be a good person. I was trying to change my ways. I wanted to improve. And to my amazement, I could not do it. And I thought, oh, I didn't think it would be so hard to be good. And I thought, man, I do need power, that's for sure. And, uh, and that story came to my mind as I was preparing this, that we have this situation. I remember going home that night from, from the movies, coming home. The, the place was, was dark, everyone was in bed. It was probably about 11 o'clock. And I wasn't saved, but I was talking to this God and said, I don't know who you are, but I, I need, to not, need to find you. I can't do it. I, I don't know what to do, but I need the power that you have. And that was on a Monday night. And on the Wednesday, I was at Teachers College, and I went along occasionally to these Christian meetings. And at that meeting, a guy shared that he had been, or a friend of his was healed miraculously of cancer. And wow, that was, that was the power. And that's what I was looking for. And maybe you're looking for that today in life as well. We do need power, don't we, to, to propel us forward in life, to take us over things, to whatever it may be, the hurdles that we place, uh, uh, face. And there are three components I see in this miracle. The first one is power, the Red Sea parts. The second one is grace, that God had to do it. And the third one is rest, that Israel did nothing uh, and Moses did next to nothing. It was God. But God does require us to play a part, and it's very small. 
So I see grace and power and rest being linked together. And I believe that if you are in a situation right now and you feel towards the end of yourself, you've given it your best shot, you've tried really hard, you've, you've you know, worked your, your, yourself into, into the ground and it still hasn't broken through, I believe you're in a good place because God is bringing us into a season of grace, more grace, and of rest. You see, grace is where God works and God moves. I don't do any more work, but I get better results. I think that's, that's a good bargain. And uh, years ago, some theologians were discussing at Oxford University, what is grace? And they were trying to puzzle around and think it through. And then uh, I, I, I think he was a lecturer there. C.S. Lewis goes past and says, oh, that's easy. The difference is grace. That's the difference between Christianity and every other religion on planet Earth. Every religion, every false teaching is based around man's efforts, the work of a human being to please God, to become righteous. And everything, whether they come to your door and knock, uh, or whether they are an Eastern religion or whatever it may be, it's always based around this thing. If I can work hard enough, I can do enough, I can please God. Well, the Bible says that is false, that is fake. The only work that makes any difference to God is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross where he hung and he bled and he died for you and for me. His is the work that God receives, that God is well pleased with. And you know when Cain and Abel and right that back there in the early days of, uh, of uh, the history of this planet, you know, Cain tried to bring his work to God and he worked so hard to bring this uh, produce to God and God would not accept it. But he accepted what Abel brought because it was, you know, the, the, the slain animal. And always it has been the case right from the beginning of time that this, it is grace and grace alone. Salvation is one of the benefits. I think we're going to slide two now. I think this is right. Salvation. You know, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, By grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Billy Graham, when he was young, he obviously liked to speed. Shame on him. And he was driving through a town, and he was speeding. I think it was about uh, 10 miles over the limit, and they got caught. Oh, don't you hate it when you get caught speeding? I regularly pray, Lord, blind their eyes. <laughs> I go out to golf at Huapai there, big log, switch a motorway, and, you know, it's a really nice motorway. And I, I'm tempted, you know, and I just occasionally go over there. Oh, Lord, oh, help me. So I, I'll try not to do it again, Lord. You know, well, anyway, poor old Billy got caught. And I'm not sure, but it was a very quick system. He was taken into the, um, <clears throat> to the courthouse quite quickly in the small town. He was uh, obviously <clears throat> going somewhere. He was a preacher, a young preacher, and uh, the judge was handing out the fine, and he, you know, he was giving him the, the letter of the law, what was right, and then he recognized who this young man was. It was Billy Graham. And I guess the judge must have been a Christian, and he said, well, the fine is X amount of dollars, and I'm going to pay it. And then he took him out for a meal as well as paying that fine. Now, you know, isn't it a picture of, a small picture, but of our God? You know, he is a righteous God. He is judge of the earth. He will judge according to truth and light and righteousness, and he won't let anything escape his gaze. So that's, that's who he is. 
He has to do this. That's God. He's righteous judge. But he's also a God of mercy and love. And mercy triumphs. Isn't that so cool? And so, you know, he will pay the fine for us. And he's paid the fine for you this morning. He's done it all. And you don't have to try and please him. You can rest and you can relax. And he will indeed take you out for a meal as well. The second benefit of grace, a changed life. I remember coming to Christ and uh, I'd done a few naughty things and I rang up the police and uh, confessed uh, how I was a bit bad. Well, they sent around a detective round home in Tancred Street and my mother, she flipped her lid when this detective comes knocking on the door. Well, they got, they got me mixed up with a really bad guy, right? I was all right. So we talked away and he, he could see hey, this was a mistaken identity thing. Mine were relatively minor. And... Um, but then, of course, I got it witnessing to this police detective guy, and the amazing thing was his daughter had just got saved. And he said, oh, my daughter's just doing this sort of thing and, and talking to me as well. And he was very open, and I, I trust he got saved. So God can turn things around, but he, by his grace, he changed my life. Is there anybody here this morning, and God has changed your life? Would you raise your hand? Can I see some more hands? That's great. That's a good response. I hope you raise your hand there because God is in the business of changing lives, of putting joy. You know, the thing that impressed me most about Christians above every other intellectual argument was this. They had joy. I thought, wow, they've really got something here. I want to feel happy in life. I, I want that. And that was one of the key things that led me to give in my life to Jesus. Grace number three gives us strength to get through the tough times. A friend of mine was in the process of losing his house. And I would meet with him for coffee and just try and encourage him and share with him. I just reached out to him again this week. And because he's gone ahead and he's, he's lost that house. He's, it's gone. Uh, a very sad situation. But he just said, I've just got a sense from God of great peace and great joy in the midst of great difficulty. Whatever you may be facing today, God can give you grace, he can give you strength, and he can help you through. Fourthly today, grace brings breakthrough. God is the God of the breakthrough. I love this verse of Micah chapter 2 and verse 13. The breaker has come up before them. They have broken up. And pass through. Their king shall pass before them. The Lord at the head of them. God can break the chains of your situation. You don't need to be limited to yourself or people around you. God is bigger. He is greater. He is more powerful. It can bring release in finance. He can bring, I love that testimony of healing this morning. That was so cool. He can bring it in a relationship that has gone sour. God can turn it around. He can guide your life and give clarity to you. You may feel you're tossed this way and that way, but our God reigns and he can bring a great release for you. Okay, moving on. Four ways to increase grace in our lives. So this is the how to do type of thing. And I know I did touch on this a little bit when I was here last time. The area of prayer. So we may be moving on to our, yep we are. So I've called it here, praying beyond your comfort zone. I don't know where you're at this morning with your prayer life. Maybe, you know, you're not managing to pray every day. God says there's no condemnation. But I believe the Lord would say to you, start to pray out of your comfort zone. So for you, it might be now I'm going to, with God's help, pray every day, just a minute or two. But God, with your help, Lord, bless my day, be with me, help me get through the day, give me your peace. Amen. And that might be all you're doing. But if you're doing that, 
Now, every day, when you weren't before, you're moving out of your comfort zone. That's great. Great place to start. Maybe you're praying a few minutes every day, but why don't you press in and, and really make an effort? You'll find grace will come. Grace will come. Increasingly, the Bible says, Hebrews 4.16, approaching the throne of grace to find help in time of need. It's a throne of grace, and approaching that throne is done through prayer. It's done through prayer. When I was in Picton and I had this uh, little church of uh, 20, 25 people, um, challenging, and I can remember, and I think I may have mentioned this to you, but I, I can remember seeking God um, for a while, quite intensely to pray through and to see God. Did I share this with you last time? Can you remember? Okay, well, that's good. Okay. So there I was. I was in Picton. You know, not a lot was happening. 25 people, including the kids and a couple of dogs and things of that nature. And, um, you know, we're right beside the railway line. Thankfully, the trains didn't run on a Sunday, you know. So there they were. And uh, I'm saying, God, I want to see you move. I'd read stories about revival in other countries, and I'm all fired up. So I really pressed in to seek God. And we had a team coming up in about September of that year. And I sought God with everything I could. I mustered every bit of prayer I could manage. And I went after God to break through in our church. And uh, the team came up, and uh, we had this, uh, what we call a crusader campaign in, in a hotel. And to my amazement, there were healings, there were many souls saved, there were water baptisms, there was uh, just, uh, God it just absolutely moved. It was amazing. And uh, so, year went by, same team's coming, same preacher, and I'm busy reading Nicky Crew's book the day before uh, it starts, I'm lying in a bath reading it, and, uh, and um, I thought, I haven't prayed. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Well, guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Same preacher, same team. You know, I'm sure, um, you know, it wasn't just me, but, but the difference, it just showed me when we push out of whatever is our comfort zone in prayer, grace can flow powerfully. My challenge to you why don't you push beyond your comfort zone right now for the miracle, for the breakthrough that you were looking for? Personally, in your church, in your city, in your unsaved relatives, whatever it may be, God will hear prayer. And I've just come back. I, wasn't, uh, I was in England with uh, Pastor Tark, and uh, we had a conversation with a guy, and I was so challenged. Uh, there's this prophet guy, and he was spending... Every, every week, he would take one night out, Friday night, from 11 o'clock at night till 5 in the morning, seeking God. And this guy is a mighty prophet of God. He's just an exceptional prophet. And I thought, well, I'm not, I'm not at that level, but I'm going to do what I can to push myself out of my comfort zone. See, church, I want to move on. I want to move ahead. What about you? I know you do. You know, we want to move forward, don't we, in God and in life? We want to see God's grace and favor on our hearts. Well, it doesn't just drop out of the sky. When we had a great move in Christchurch in the 70s, it did not just drop out of the sky. People across the city prayed and sought God. I know in our own church, Sydenham Assembly of God, People prayed, and the, the old folks there, they just sought the face of God. That's what it was, you know. And all those you know, young hippies come in there, the Jesus people, yeah, we've arrived. 
we didn't do any work. It was these guys that did all. They were the soldiers. They're the ones that get the reward. Well, it's the same today. We have to do our part. We have to play our part. It's a small part, church. It's a small part. But God will hear and God will answer. If you feel and sense God in any way stirring you in this area of prayer, I advise and encourage you to run with it. You won't be disappointed. It just takes a little bit of time. It just takes a little bit of time. Number two. First one was praying out of your comfort zone to receive more grace. Number two, maintaining a forgiving attitude when we are provoked, when we are challenged. A while ago, I made a decision. I wasn't going to get offended by people. You know, I, I mean, you, you get hurt, right? But I'm not, I'm not going to get offended. You're not going to offend me, right? So we, we were doing this uh, evening event for our church and... Um, and I was sort of responsible for it, and we had it at a practice. And at the practice, one of our events we were doing um, was uh, sawing wood with saws. And so I had someone else organising this, and so we were practising cutting off these heads of these, of these uh, men. It was illustrating some point that I don't even remember now, but it was kind of object lesson. And some of these people were sawing, and they were not very good with a saw. You know, and the... Uh, uh, <laughs> And I turned around to the guy organising and said, oh, couldn't you have gotten someone who could cut wood? Well, I don't know if you think that's bad or not, but this lady heard me over here and she thought that was really bad. And she got so upset. And she let me know. Yeah. And, and then she'd come to church, you know, weeks later and she wouldn't shake my hand. Oh, I've, I've got a cold. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, this is such, you know, oh, I mean, it wasn't that bad. I, I just you know, have to be quieter next time. So <laughs> just think, just think it, but don't say it. So, so I, I started to pray. I said, God, you know, it'd be great to resolve this, Lord. Um, I don't know what you do about that sort of thing. Sometimes I just ignore it, and I don't, and that's how I kind of cope. But I really thought, no, I want to try and sort this if I can. So I prayed, and I really sought God a little bit about it. And, I, and then it you know, went on, and I said, God, it, I would really want to see this sorted if possible. So she comes to church and walks right past me. Now, just before she did, she was selling some paintings in our cafe. And there was one I thought, I'll offer to buy it from her. Oh, but it costs quite a lot of money. Oh. So that's why I said, Lord, you know, if it's today, as she walks past, I'll talk to her. So she walked right past me, so I had no choice. So I said to her, it's true, I said to her, oh, that painting, it's really nice. I'd like to buy it. Oh, would you really? Yeah, I would. So she said, oh, well, it's, it's the, you know, I mean, it was quite, it was, you know, towards $100. It wasn't cheap. And um, so I said, yeah. She said, well, I'm not coming tonight, but, you know, we worked it out that the following week I was going to be, I was going to buy it. So there we go. And I thought, well, that's good. At least we've resolved it. And, and, and I just said, Lord, you know, thanks for that, even though it's costing me a lot of money. Thanks. <laughs> so following week, Sunday night, she comes up to me, and I've, I brought the cash with me, you know, found it. And, and um, guess what's happened in that week? It sat there for months, right, this painting? But guess what's happened? Someone else has bought that painting. Oh, have they? Oh, that's such a shame. Another one? No, that's the only one I wanted. So 
So ever since then, we've been best buddies, good friends, resolved it, you know? You can do it. You can do it. If someone's really, you know, provoking your attitude, keep a right spirit, forgive and pray. You know, when Hannah was provoked, it says, by the other wife, she must have kept a right spirit. You know, then old, good old Eli says, you're drunk, lady. No, she was just praying and crying out to God. And God honored a spirit that would not be like, would keep a good attitude and not be provoked. And Samuel came. I believe sometimes God allows people to come your way to provoke you because he wants to do a miracle. And he's going to do it through, through the, the principle of um, the pearl. A little bit of suffering to produce something beautiful and wonderful in your life. Keep and maintain a right spirit. With God's help, you will receive extra grace, real grace, as you do that. Third one is humility. God gives grace to the humble. James chapter 4 and verse 6. I love the words of Jesus. Come to me. Oh, maybe it's not there. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. <clears throat> you know, I love the fact that Jesus was so, he was such a humble person. You never think that much. I don't think that a lot about Jesus, but he is. In fact, even God is he loves the favorite people that God loves to be with. I think it's in Isaiah, end of Isaiah 65, are humble and lowly. That's whom and tremble at God's word. They are people he loves to be with because God, he's just not, he's not full of himself. He just knows who he is. And uh, Jesus said, I'm humble and I'm lowly and grace will flow and rest will flow. You know, there's a story told um, of, of, on the mountaintop somewhere in Asia and these particular goats, they come on these very tiny wee ledges, and they're coming in opposite directions, and they come against each other like this, and uh, the ledge is so narrow that if they would f fight and lock horns, they'd both catch horns and fall over the side. So you know what they do? They stare each other for a while, and then one of those goats gets down on its, on its haunches low, and the other goat walks over it, and then that goat walks the other way. And then, no one's hurt. There's peace. Well, taking the humble and lowly road will always bring grace. Maybe it's saying, I'm sorry. Maybe it's just doing a nice, a nice thing for someone. But choosing a lowly path is a path that will release God's grace coming on your life. God is taking us out of a season of our own efforts and into a season of more of his grace. And the way that he's doing it is through we're getting tired of our own efforts. And we're saying, Lord, I've had enough. God, you have to do this. God is bringing an increase of grace. And that's my fourth point this morning. Grace comes as we enter rest. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 3 says, Now we who have believed enter God's rest. You know, rest for the Christian is not doing nothing. It's working, but it's working with God. It's surrendering to Christ's finished work and not my own work. Jesus on the cross, 
As he came to completion on Calvary, he cried out, It is finished. This was not a cry of defeat, of thank goodness it's over. No, no, this was a cry of triumph. I have done the job. I've completed the mission. I'm on target. Devil, watch out. I'm coming. I've got your number. I'm heading off into hell in just a few moments' time. I'm grabbing those keys of death and hell, Satan. I'm in charge. You know, the devil came to Jesus in Matthew 4, and he said, it has been delivered to me. The kingdoms of this world. Isn't that an amazing phrase? You see, when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, they gave the right of this world to Satan, to Lucifer. And Jesus came and took the keys back, no longer delivered to Satan. Jesus Christ was manifest to destroy the works of the enemy. And he conquered death and hell, and he rose from the grave, and he's seated up right now on the throne of heaven, and he rules. He rules, friends, and he lives in our hearts. And if I will yield my heart to him, his rule will flow through me, and his authority will flow through me, and I will see the things that my heart desires. And the same for you as well. He is the ruler of the universe, living inside of you, friend. He lives inside of you and me. That power that raised Christ will make alive our bodies, will give us clearness of mind. He will give us sharpness of spirit. The Bible says we are not old creation. We are new creation in Christ. We work out now from a position of rest because Ephesians 1.23 tells us that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You might say, well, what am I doing here today? Well, that's how God sees us, working from a position of rest. We're having a water baptism in a few minutes' time. What a great thing, because this is exactly what water baptism is all about, that the old you, the old me, when we gave our life to Christ, not only did Jesus die, but I died too, the old me and the old you, if you belong to Christ. And when Christ went into the ground, represented there with water baptism, you and I went in as well. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, represented when the person comes up from the water baptismal tank, that's speaking now of the new you. And so Paul could say that there we are new creatures in Christ. The old has passed away and we are new in him. I, uh, I had... Uh, I was talking with a man just recently at our conference. I don't know if anyone was there, but Pastor Tuck was preaching, and this guy got a bit excited because he got onto the Sabbath, and twice he called out, was anyone there at that meeting at New Zealand and beyond? Yeah, one or two, okay. So this well-meaning but uh, you know, gentleman called out twice about keeping the Sabbath, and uh, he was from a, a, a Seventh-day background. And afterwards, he wanted to see Tark, and Pastor Tark passed him on to me. And uh, so I, I got to talk with him. Now, I have lived with Seventh-day Adventists, so I, I really know that very well. And um, it's a really important point. If you ever wonder about, about the Sabbath and about the rest thing, the Old Testament Sabbath in Exodus 31 tells us that the Sabbath was a sign between God and the nation of Israel for the new covenant. For the old covenant, excuse me. And the, the Sabbath points back to creation. 
because on the seventh day, God rested because he'd finished his work. But New Testament believers, we are different. Jesus rose on what day of the week? Sunday, that's right. And so Sunday is the first day of the week. And now we don't look back at the old creation. We look to the new creation. You see, God has begun a new creation. When Christ rose from the grave, God be- that was the beginning of the new creation. And right now we live with this tension of the old and the new. But the Bible says you are new creatures in Christ. And you are seated in a position of rest. And you rest in God. Hebrews 4 and verse 3 tells us about entering into God's rest. So the early church, of course, they met in Acts 20 and in 1 Corinthians 16. They met on the first day of the week. And so God wants to bring you into rest. And grace will flow best when you are rest. And I guess what I felt more than anything else as I was preparing for today, and I've said it a couple of times, is that God has been working in your life, bringing you to a point where you feel you can't really go any higher in God. And I was thinking about the Apostle Peter. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was, knew the sea very, very well. That was his field that he worked in. And uh, Jesus seemed to delight to do miracles that would confound Peter and show Peter that he could not work it all out. So one of the first times that Jesus spoke to Peter, and he said, Peter, how's, how's the fishing going? And put your, put your nets over here, you'll be okay. And Peter says, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. But at your, at your word, we will go on the right side. And they brought in that massive catch of fish. And maybe in your area of gifting, you've done everything you can, but it just has only taken you to a point and it can't take you any further. I believe God says to you, put your net on the right side. You'll catch a mass of fish. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Come. Peter begins to walk on the water. Just astounding. Jesus said, Peter, do we owe taxes? And Peter answers away. Jesus says to him, well, Peter, go down to the shore, catch the first fish you get, and inside that fish you will find a coin. Go and pay the taxes with that. See, God continued to confuse Peter and to make him lean into grace and to lean into God. Friend, it's time, I believe, to stop trusting in our own efforts, to stop our own. uh, They just take us only so far, but God wants us to take us all the way, all the way. You know, I know I have shared this one with you before uh, as I finish with the story, but uh, many years ago, we had this neighbor at our church who didn't like us very much. They were quite nasty, and they would play their rock music when the church services were on. You haven't got anybody like that? No, I haven't heard anything. Okay. And uh, even when there were funerals and weddings, they would play their rock music, turn their speakers around, play them at the church. And um, someone, and I, I've tried to get all the exact details as best as I can, because it happened before I was at our church. But anyway, someone wanted to go around and, and beat this guy up. Who was, visit, who was visiting the church, right? It wasn't from the church who wanted to beat him up. But uh, 
apparently some soldier was at a funeral and thought this is ridiculous and they managed to say no don't go and do that the pastor was very good so there it was and this was just going on just a, a situation that's really awful and it's just not resolving itself and um they had a prophet come and visit and even though i wasn't at that church it was in the mid 1980s i was um elsewhere but i i went that night with um, debbie's mum and dad and this guy, a prophet called Kenneth Stracy, he was a, a very loud American with an Italian um, lineage. And he got us all to face this neighbor, and we faced them, and we started to speak out the word grace, 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 just like that. And uh, so we did, and I thought, this is silly, man. Fancy saying that. I thought, oh, whatever. But we did it. We did the grace, grace, grace thing. Well, to my amazement, only within a matter of a few months, the, uh, the guy had sold his property, the church had bought the property, and it was resolved and it was gone. Just like that. Just like that. I want to say to you, there's more power in grace than you might realize. God is well able to do it again. What is it you were looking to God for? You know, what are the things that God can help you with? He is an awesome God. He is an awesome God. He will astound, he will amaze, and he will thrill you as you put your hope in him, your trust in him, your confidence in your God, not leaning on yourself, but allowing God to cause you to rise in the strength of grace flowing through your life. Maybe it's increasing the area of prayer. Perhaps it's in um, other areas of forgiveness and keeping a good spirit. Maybe it's humility and taking that humble way or entering into God's rest. Would you just stand with me right now and we're going to sing a song uh, together. We've got the song, haven't we, guys? Is that right? Our God is greater. Yeah, what a good song. Let's sing that uh, in response to the message this morning. Let's just look to God for a minute.